ho, ho. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial, episode number 25, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm Gav. I'm Dave. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. Basically, we are four lads from Liverpool who like to sit around and bitch about films. You could say we're dreaming of Silla Black Christmas. That's not getting any easier to hear, to be honest with you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, right. Anyway, as always, we are joined by our regular sounds engineer and say mix lot, Austin Ray. Hello, Austin. Hello, everyone. Glad, glad to have you back, and glad to have you back as well, Dave. Thank you very much. I've missed this. It's I, good to be back. I was only joking. I'm sorry. Um, so you may have guessed that this week is a very special edition of uh, Films on Trial. It's actually, we're going to be doing, similar to Halloween Horror Month, we're going to be doing a Christmas December month. So, uh, here we go, guys. So, I just want to say... (laughs) This is speech. Happy Christmas to everyone. All the listeners out here, thank you very much for listening this year. It's been a delightful year. And uh, if you've never heard the show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. So we're going to have this speech for the next four episodes? Yes. <laughs> also, there'll be lots of hilarious anecdotes, trivia, banter, jokes, and a nice quiz. But first up, I think it's time to listen to the news. <laughs> so, I like this calm voice you've got. Going. Did you like that? Can we nice. keep it on? <laughs> Are you asking me to try and be calm? Yeah, something Chris- Christmas Gav do. is calm, Gav. Okay, right, hang on, wait. You ready? Concentration on his face. That's, nice. that's pretty good, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've upped the production values once again, and I've got myself a xylophone app on the iPad, so it's bigger for my big fat fingers. <laughs> and the app is actually called Professional Xylophone, so we know we're going in the right direction, guys. <laughs> that sounds promising. <laughs> for big people with big fat fingers. <laughs> <laughs> for people with big fat fingers. Anyway, uh, so what we do here is we all go around the room and each one of us picks out a newsworthy topic of the week. So, without further hesitation, Dave, <laughs> what is your piece of news for the week? Uh, the piece of news I want to bring up is it's about uh, a short film. Now, how long on average would people say a short film should last? You know, just imagine it before a main feature in the cinema, short film, Disney for kids. How long should that be? Six mm. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Below ten. A bit, bit less than that, yeah. But about yeah. That. Uh, Disney are in a spot of bother because they've released a short that's 21 minutes long, wow. <laughs> which is, <laughs> is going on ahead of... Um, it's a film called Coco that Disney Pixar have just released. Oh, yeah, we were and talking about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a 21-minute uh, frozen short, a frozen sequel practically at that length, to be honest wow. with you. Basically following Olaf for this very repetitive 20-plus minutes <laughs> ahead of a it's film. An episode and, rather than a short. Yeah, it? and people, people have been slaying it. Said, uh, there's stuff on Twitter here. It says, my eight-year-old nephew after the the excruciating 20-minute Frozen short in front of Coco. Nobody asked for that. That's an eight-year-old. Mm. Out of mouth of babes, I tell you. <laughs> I do have to say, I think lots of kids do absolutely love Frozen, though. So I'd imagine when they saw the short come on, they would be like absolutely out of their seats with excitement. Like, yeah, yeah, not these guys. It's sometimes I wake up covered in sweat and screaming, filled with the horrifying certainty that I'm still watching that seemingly endless Frozen short that was played before Coco. My God, is that an eight-year-old? Yeah, yeah. That is a, that is a five, five-year-old. <laughs> I I somehow doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. So yeah, uh, short films, not as short as they should be. Yeah, well, that's how Pixar started out originally, wasn't it? Um, they started out doing short films. That little lamp that you mm-hmm. see at the beginning of yes. every Pixar yeah, film, yeah. that was the I very first one, wasn't it? Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm quite happy with seeing short films, uh, especially by Pixar. 21 minutes, though, that would annoy me. Yeah, yeah. That's just adding to the time of the film, right? Is the film quite short? Is that why they're doing it? No, average length film, as far as I know. They're just bumping it up a bit. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, they weren't so sure that Coco would do so well at the box office, so they're giving people a bit more bang for their buck. But mm. it's, uh, it's backfired, royally. Well... Well, anyway, uh, thank you very much for that, Dave. Uh, on to myself. And my piece of news of the week is that Jude Law, who is um, currently playing the young uh, Albus Dumbledore in the Harry Potter prequels... Is he really? Yes. Oh, God. Did, did you know that? I didn't know that. Is that news? That's, <laughs> that's news in itself. That's yeah, news in that's, itself. That's well, anyway, he's, he's, he's notched up another high-profile role... And he's actually uh, nearing a deal to star in the new Captain Marvel film. Uh, so what do people think about this Jude Law's inclusion in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Dave, any, uh, any thoughts? Uh, not good ones that I can air straight away. I'm going to have to uh, clean these out a bit. Um, it's, it's not great news, let's be honest now, is it? For no. Marvel fans or Jude Law fans, I'd say. Right. What, what is this? <laughs> it's a boo. It's a boo. It's a boo. Right. People are booing. Uh, Jude Law to me just has had an unjustifiably good career like he just can't I just don't think he can act at all I can't think of one film that I thought Gattaca? Jude Law's (laughs) (laughs) No? Uh, Apart from Gattaca He was alright in Gattaca Uh, Gattaca he played like an unemotional um, android like man Perfect. so pretty much like him so that's why he's probably gave a good performance I can't think of another one apart from then like Enemy at the Gates when he went to the leading role no it just didn't work so yeah Joel you're a big Marvel fan aren't you what do you think about Jude Law getting in there um, I'll give him a chance. You know, I've got no kind of beliefs beforehand that he will fuck it up or anything like that. He's not great, but, you know, some roles fit certain actors, so I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that comment, Joel. <laughs> anyway, uh, Alex, what's your piece of news of the week? So my piece of news is there's a trailer that's come out and it's been it, people are talking about this as possibly the worst movie of 2018, which uh, is, is you know <laughs> you know made me think that seems a little bit harsh to say that already. But then I did watch the trailer and I thought, yeah, no, it is. It's basically the premise is that um, someone's dog to start off quite sad. Uh, someone's about to get married and her her dog dies. The dog returns from heaven and helps plan the wedding that its death ruined basically (laughs) (laughs) genuinely and to add more to that premise uh, the the dog's voiced by Chris Christopherson (laughs) and honestly the trailer is really worth watching it's called uh, what's it called it's called uh, Best Friend from Heaven and it's just I mean you're sort of holding it together thinking this isn't a very good film but it's when Chris Christopherson's sort of deep baritone starts coming out of the dog and it's just the lines are priceless maybe at the end we realise the person is actually insane and she gets <laughs> sectioned before a wedding. Possibly. Plot she's twist. Just, I've maybe <laughs> destroyed the film there. Plot twist. It's, it's not CGI. It's actually Chris Christopherson. <laughs> as a dog. Not even as a dog. I mean, he's a very hairy man anyway. <laughs> it's Chris Christopherson. <laughs> it's just Chris Christopherson. Yeah, you showed us the trailer before. Oh my God, it, it did look very bad. He, he's, he, I mean... He's not even on the screen, and it just sounds like he's just given up. Why has Chris? I don't. I just don't know why he's decided to make this. It can't. It can't be the money. It can't be that good. 
Uh, well, yeah. I don't know why he's decided to think. Well, is this that bit where the dog realizes that it's died? He goes, "Oh no!" He just goes, "Oh, oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm dead!" And then, and then at the end, he goes, "This is going to be the best wedding ever." Oh no! This is going to be the best wedding ever. Yeah. So, it, like, I would recommend everyone to check out the trailer at least. It's, yeah. It's please do. Funny. What's it called again, Alex? Best friend. Best friend from heaven. Okay. Thank you very, very much, Alex. Uh, so that leads us on to Dave. Dave, what is your piece of news? Mm. Uh, I think uh, it leads Joel. you on to me, unless Dave's got two pieces of news. Well, well selfish, selfish. <laughs> well, to be honest, I was just trying to break it to you lightly. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Dave's second piece of news. Well, okay. tough, because my news is... Um, the, the murder, <laughs> the murder. <laughs> Dave, what was your piece of news again? I was just going to talk about my holiday for a bit and explain why I wasn't here. But um, So Murder on the Orient Express, which uh, uh, was released kind of two weeks ago, apparently has been doing very well. I saw the trailer and I thought it actually looked interesting, but apparently it's on track to... Yeah. On track. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you've just told us <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently it's going to make your fa- train of thought <laughs> <laughs> you're a pun machine at the moment Joel derailed haven't you Joel it's going basically it's going to make five times what it was originally set out to make and this has been sandwiched in between Thor and the other superhero film which well, I can't so even remember it's just done this really week. well yeah, five times it's original budget it's going to make Shit. it um, and apparently they are going to make not a sequel but they're going to uh, kind of carry on with um, some more kind of murder mystery type of films I think they're going to do Death, on, Death the on the Nile yeah 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 I thought that I thought it got panned critically but no it's getting <clears throat> no really well, well uh, some of the reviews are good some of them are bad but that it seems to be the way in some of these films like I remember a film we re- reviewed recently The Assassination of uh, Jesse James that didn't do that great at the box office some of the re- initial reviews were pretty bad but then afterwards picked up when people watched it to be honest it probably would have made its money back if they wouldn't have spent so long digitally removing its <laughs> finger <laughs> <It's true>. CGI <laughs> alright well uh, yeah yeah I, I heard the same thing I heard that it hadn't, been, hadn't done that great but obviously uh, we're, we're wrong because I, I did read that they were talking about um, getting production ready for Death on the Nile so yeah I mean it must have done well Good, good. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Anyway, thank you very, very much for the news. Here we go. Very nice. Very nice. Right. Uh, I wasn't confident enough to do it with two fingers. I mean, although the notes have got bigger, you know, (laughs) they're not that big for my big fat fingers. Anyway, um, so, uh, right, if you haven't heard this show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. Uh, So, as I said earlier, (laughs) this is the first of our (laughs) Christmas-themed month. So, each one of us is going to take one of our favourite Christmas films and we're going to put it on trial. Usually, the roles are picked at random. However, this week, the role of the defence is going to be played by Joel because it is Joel's film that we're putting on trial, which is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, So, Joel will be trying his best to get the list, uh, to get the film placed on the hit list. Alex is going to be 
playing the prosecution and he's sorry I'm getting thrown off track here because literally two cats are walking <laughs> up here at the exact same time um, Alex is going to be playing the prosecutor and his job is to condemn the film to the shit list then there's myself I'm going to be the character witness who's going to be throwing my genuine opinion behind either side of the argument to give it a bit more weight and then the most important role is that of the judge this week played by Dave hello Dave hello Gav and he has got to listen to both arguments and then decide which list the film should be placed on judging solely on the arguments and not that of his own opinion Mm. right so uh, without further hesitation (laughs) uh, I think we need a bit of a synopsis. So, uh, so this week, how should I how should I do it? Oh shit! I hadn't thought. Um, how hmm. about in Randy Quaid's <laughs> accent? Randy Quaid. Oh, I'll see sound again. Right. Okay. Southern. Okay. Southern. <laughs> um, Deep South again. Uh, the Griswolds' family plans for a big family Christmas predictably turn into a big disaster. <laughs> that, that's yeah. Randy Quaid. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's Randy Quaid. It's like John. he's in the room. Okay, so there's the synopsis there. Dave, would you like to kick things off, please? Yeah, candy. So I won a nice, clean fight. Yeah. It's my first time back in the room, so I want to hear what you guys have got to say about this one. So National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Who would like to begin? Joel, Alex? Alex, you want to kick this one off? I'll kick it off. Take it away, man. Okay, this film is really shit. <laughs> Joel, any counter to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I I hate this film. I really I watched it. I only watched it for the first time ever on Friday, and I absolutely hated it. I'd gone out for like a Christmas market, uh, and no one was cares, in a very Christmassy mood, and it absolutely slammed it into pieces. Uh, like I'm, I, I guess I think I'm going to start with um, the uh, comedy. I think I'm going to start with. This is a family comedy, uh, but the, the comedy just isn't there. There's a lot of slapstick in this film, but it's, it's as dull as dishwater. It's, it's awful. Like the Marx Brothers and Laurel and Hardy, you know, decades before this happened, and they were far more innovative. Like, at one point, Chevy Chase is just getting a plank in his face. He gets it in about three times when he's upstairs. And it's just not funny the first time, but three times of the same thing. It just keeps going. You know, it, it, everything about the slapstick is completely predictable. There's no sort of twist to any of the comedy scenes that make it a bit new, a little bit fresh. You know, when you think about really good slapstick, when you think of, like, Buster Keaton in the house, for example, or let's say, like, John Candy in uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles when he's taking his coat off when he's driving, you know, it, it, like, the gags build to a finale. You know, they sort of add, it builds, it builds, it builds, and the comic scene gets bigger and bigger but this is just like week gag after week gag and i actually can't remember one that really made me laugh and like it doesn't even make sense you know so like when he's trapped in the in the um in the attic at one point his feet go through the bottom of the things so he's not trapped anymore but he is because it's just another gag they just pump it full of these weak gags but they're not really related to each to each other uh some of the comedy itself as well is, is, is not very nice at all. There's not a very nice family comedy vibe going throughout this entire film. Like, there's a really odd bit at the start. There's really weird family values in this film and where Chevy Chase is basically just leching after, like, a lingerie um, assistant, sales assistant. It's really horrible. And, you know, he's, he's, he lies and he says he's not married and he says this, and you're sort of going, okay, you're sort of trying to go with it, but it's like, you know, he seems pretty horrible. This is meant to be the main character. He's meant to be a family man, right? He wants to provide, that's his whole motivation. But then he's actually lying, and he's, he keeps the weird thing where he keeps going on about nipples, and he, I don't know, he just, the, the, the gags aren't good again. He says he's divorced, and then he, 
he doesn't really lead anywhere. And like, it, and then his son comes up and sees him, and it's kind of like this, oh, dad. Dad's trying to have an affair again <laughs> in front of me. And Chevy Chase looks at him like, oh, no, I've been caught by my son trying to have an affair with a lingerie assistant. And it's this weird hallucination later on. There's even a callback to it later where he's looking at his pool. And it, we, you know, because a whole a lot of them, well, I think a lot of the motive. I'll come on to plot a bit later, but I think a lot of the motivation in the film is that he's trying to create a, a, he's trying to get a pool put in, so he wants his Christmas bonus to afford this pool. And then he's just got this hallucination where he goes back to the lingerie model who's jumping in the pool and getting naked. And it's, it's really weird. It's just it's just odd. It's not it's not funny, and it, it's just kind of uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I just I just find the comedy bit really unfunny. I, I thought. Some of the family members, it, it's comic, but just without any of the laughs. There's no depth to any of them. There's a horrible portrayal of rednecks in this, and there's a horrible portrayal of just poor people. Like, the family that come in, I don't know, the only thing is that they're poor, and they're just treated in this really stereotypical, they live in a caravan. It's just, it's just not nice at all. Some of the characters meant to be comic again. I'll, 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 I could go on forever about this film. I will stop in a minute. Um... Like, the, the, the neighbours who are meant to be comic characters, who you're meant to hate, no idea why we're meant to hate them. They just seem like a normal couple, possibly living slightly different to this sort of, you know, two children, you live it, have a nice car, live in a nice house sort of thing, you know. But we were absolutely meant to hate them. They remind just, me a lot of Charlotte and Austin. <laughs> well, I mean, exactly. Ozzy, uh, <laughs> so, do you want to weigh in on that or not? No, no. I'm... Okay. Um, we, so, we fit the bill. <laughs> it's constantly wearing black. You know? and, uh, <laughs> if, if you come back to like what's not funny about this film, the main gaping blank black hole of unfunniness that is Chevy Chase, basically. He's just wow. not a funny man. He is awful. He's, his character's a dick. I'm pretty sure Chevy Chase is a dick. And, yeah, I hate... I, I just don't like this film at all. Joel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, okay, so just to sum that up, Alex, <laughs> for Joel, uh, what you're up against, Joel, is uh, Chevy Chase is a dick. <laughs> we're not sure, but we're pretty sure that Chevy Chase is a dick. Uh, the, the comedy is not nice. Uh, we've got what, why do we hate the neighbours Joel can you give me an answer to that one and uh, do you think this is an accurate portrayal of rednecks because you know Christmas we've got to be fair to the rednecks well I'm, I'm just going to give my argument and then I'll, I'll touch back on a few of Alex's points uh, later on but this film you know Chevy Chase is a bit of a dick these days but this film does prove that he was actually once funny so he's trying to plan a traditional family Christmas and obviously there's nothing more traditional than having your kind of whole family around you you know everybody's off work you're having a meal drinks all that type of stuff it's what christmas is about really and this is a proper christmas film his whole motivation is to create for his family an experience that matched the memories he had of his own childhood which i think is something we can all relate to so as a christmas film you know there are so many films these days i think which are just films that are set at christmas in like a christmas environment but they're not actually true christmas films but this film is a true christmas film if it doesn't make you giggle then for me you don't really understand the, the true meaning of christmas which <laughs> <laughs> that's not that ebenezer scrooge needed didn't he just yeah. a lingerie model jumping into a pool <laughs> You literally just cut me off. Which, uh, uh, you did just say if you don't. You're going to have to fuck that off because I was literally mid sentence. <laughs> it was a joke and you just pissed it. I can't even remember what I was saying. Now you, you biff. Mr. 
if you don't giggle at this, you uh, oh, yeah. miss the, the spirit of Christmas. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So uh, if it doesn't make you at least giggle, then you don't understand the true meaning of the festive season, which is, of course, combustible toilets and electrified cats. <laughs> so the film opens with a fairly kind of charming animated credit sequence, and it's actually. You know, they don't really make them like this at all. It's Santa Claus, he's delivering gifts to uh, the Griswolds and he undergoes kind of a loads of slapstick moments. And it's kind of like a little bit Looney Tunes-like. And we're also kind of shown the days of the week uh, in December through an advent calendar, which I thought was also like a really smart way to kind of show you, uh, you know, what day it is and, and the month advancing on. So his teenage children, Rusty and Audrey, they're growing up quickly and they're more kind of concerned with uh, kind of a cool factor rather than quality family time. But still, Clark kind of pushes on, you know, his dreams are selfless. Even if the result is awkward, his intentions, sorry, are always in the right place. For example, it's not good enough to head down to the local garden centre just to pick up a Christmas tree. Instead, he takes his whole family on a day's drive out into the bush to bring home a Christmas tree from the wild. So his intentions, they're so darned honourable that He's kind of like the ultimate dad, but he's like the dad that you don't actually want to have because of all the, the shit and the headaches that he gives you. But he, he's kind of like a dad that you, you almost wish like your friend had or something like that. Um, so his wife, which is Beverly D'Angelo, um, this means uh, that he kind of goes a little nuts, you know, a trip into the woods for the trees. Uh, he's got like the outdoor lights, the oversized presents, too many relatives, and basically he's trying to cram uh, too much into into one family holiday, but <sighs> <laughs> just reading what I wrote made fuck all sense. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so um, so the comedy is a fast comedic pace. It never lets up, and when things do threaten to slow down, Cousin Eddie, who's played by Randy Quaid, his kind of sad existence comes along, and it just spices things up and kind of pushes things up again. And while Clark is a victim to circumstance, Eddie's just kind of like plain dumb. Uh, but you, when you're watching a comedy, somebody who naturally makes situations more complicated than they need to be is kind of what you're after, and it just makes for good material. So there are some like really great scenes in this film as well, and for a comedy, you know, to have such memorable scenes is always a good thing, you know. Just to kind of give you some examples, there's the bit at the start where the car gets stuck under the truck. As Alex mentioned, there's the kind of blousing, uh, browsing scene where he gives like some kind of decent kind of slapstick comedies, like any less hooter in here, it's going to be a, a bit nipply outside. There's the sledging scene, uh, there's the combustible toilet, you know, the tree goes up, there's a squirrel in the tree, cat electrifying itself, you know, Eddie gift-wrapping a cat, um, the lights going up, the Santa flying through the air after it's just bl- being blown up, and obviously the, the big scene where Clark finds out that he doesn't get his bonus. So there's kind of some oddball character moments in here as well. You know, there's the yuppie neighbours, there's a horny Labrador, there's senile sorry, in-laws, a gift-wrapped cat, as I said, and a Scrooge-ish boss. At times, the humour does stretch the bounds of kind of middle-brow tastes, but it's too hard to knock a scenario that includes the electrocution of a cat. (laughs) So, scene after scene, Christmas Vacation is so constantly hilarious. It brings a lot of otherwise decent comedies down a level when compared to it, especially Christmas ones. But the comedy wouldn't be nearly as good or as memorable if it weren't for the heart of Clark. So, 
just to kind of round up a few things so christmas vacation it's the ultimate family holiday film playing on both the heartstrings and the horror to capture a genuine christmas spirit and just to touch on a few things that alex said so alex said that the comedy isn't new and it is predictable but i would argue that you know every day of the week you know squirrel in a tree a clack cat getting blown up if any of that stuff has ever been done before or isn't original then i don't know what films alex has been watching uh, like the film where he's trapped in the attic and alex says like he's he's there's a hole in there and he's trapped through you know the hole is barely big enough for his leg so unless he want, he wants to squeeze through that head first and then when like he's trying to you're saying like he's trying to have an affair it's just fantasy you know i'm sure we've all had fantasies before that's all it is and it's tell just tell us more, Joel. <laughs> it's just in there, uh, you know, for 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 laughs. So, you know, it's it's kind of something that I always touch on when uh, people prosecute these films is is over analysing. Um, and then, like with the poor people who were, who are his cousins and uncles, you know, Clark actually invites them in to stay. He says, "Come into the house. You know, we've got all this food." Um, so, you know, it's not like they're treated poorly, as you say. So, there we go. Okay, okay. Uh, Alex, I believe you have a, a quick rebuttal. Just, just very This will be fun. No, Is just, no, no, I won't quite go as hardcore as I was for. Uh, just, you know, Joel said a lot of gags that happened and, you know, I'd sort of forgotten them before, jo- you know, and then Joel reminded me, and, you know, I do, you do remember them, but they're very disparate and they're all sort of scattered a little bit. There's nothing sort of linking them all together. There's no, you know, Joel was saying about there's too much, you know, over-analysis, which, you know, I, you know, possibly you guys might know I might be a little prone to every now and again, but... I would say in this, there's nothing to analyse. It's a little bit bereft of much. So that that that's what I would say. Okay. To that. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want to hand over to Gav. You're in the role of character witness. So Alex says, you know, the comedy's not there. It's a very poor excuse for slapstick. Very weird family values. Um, Chevy Chase is a dick. Apparently, not just his character. Chevy Chase is a dick. I, I almost um, wish I hadn't said that. Knowing, <laughs> Dave, knowing Dave's judging. <laughs> uh, Joel says that you know there's some real core family values in there, underneath a bit of a a bit of a risque sense of humour. But the values are there. He says Randy Quaid spices things up. Um, you know, I, I enjoy squirrels and cats as much as the next man, but what do you think, Gav? Shed some light on this for me. I think we can all agree that Chevy Chase is the dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm a little bit on the fence with probably my legs swinging over to Alex's side of the garden. Um, I, I do kind of see what Brucey was talking about. Uh, so when he was saying that Clark is a bit of a dick, uh, but the thing is, is this is the third film in the um, vacation series so we've already established that he's a bit of a dick and he's a bit of a horny old man who seemingly wants to have an affair every week um, I, I do agree with Joel when he was saying that there are some memorable scenes you know like when he was talking about the electrocution you know the Christmas the, uh, the icicle going through the neighbour's window um, and I, you know, some of it was was funny. I, I did quite like some of the slapstick elements to it. I will agree though that there are some bits that are just a bit too repetitive, or that you know the laughs just don't land. Um, I do think that the term redneck is derogatory. I don't know if it's uh, it's but it's an unflattering term anyway for those <laughs> from. Uh, so, so I don't know if we can keep on saying it, but uh, yeah, the, the the way that people from the south of the United States are treated in the film is quite to be honest um however is that a way to drive the film forward i don't know i think it's just a a, a tool basically to just make fun of poor people um, but 
I, I do think that it, it is, it's one of those things, it's, it goes to show that all families aren't perfect and I think what Clark wants to do is just to create a perfect Christmas but he's got a very dysfunctional family and everything keeps on going wrong and I think that is the, the message of the story that you, know, you don't have to have a perfect Christmas, you've just got to be with your family. I, I, that's what I think anyway but the way it's executed is maybe a bit poor and uh, looking back at it now it's a bit dated some of the laughs don't land um, so I mean I used to think that this film was really really funny when I was a kid watching it again quite recently and not so much so maybe it's one of those things that you know back in 1989 it was hysterical closer to 2019 maybe not so much okay thank you very much Gav Right, secondary points, if anyone's got anything to make. Uh, Alex, Joel, anyone like to kick uh, us off Yeah, here? I may as well kick off. Okay, so soundtrack-wise, it's got a, a brilliant, memorable soundtrack. Maeve Staple with the title track, um, who's got some very, very good uh, songs on there. Uh, Bing Cosby, Ray Charles, Nat King Cole, and it's all mixed in with some kind of classic Christmas tunes as well, uh, like Silent Night, Come All You Faithful. Um, all the kind of classics are in there. Um, speaking about the, the cast and characters as well, you know, at his glib and clumsy best, you know, Chevy Chase, he does shine as Clark Griswold. And I found it kind of a little bit shocking, to be honest, that he said he's a bit of an asshole in this film because his, his intentions here are, like, so honourable and selfless. I mean, all he wants is to provide, like, a perfect Christmas for his family. He's got everybody at his house. Pretty much everything he does in this film is for the benefit of others which is pretty much what Christmas is about, and they've made a comedy about it. So, like, he's really engaging. You know, it's not really surprising. that The biggest laughs come when, you know, Chevy Chase uh, kind of pulls off some of the gags. So D'Angelo, obviously his wife, she's really appealing, and she's actually probably a little bit too understanding as his wife, but she is, like, really sympathetic. Uh, so his kids... Uh, Johnny Kalecki and Juliette Lewis, Rusty and Audrey, they do kind of a great job of playing just kind of your average teenagers, really. They look really uninterested. They're just trying to be cool, you know, kind of family values and all that type of stuff don't really matter when you when you are that age. But they also um, have, like, another side to them where they do kind of understand, you know, what, what their dad is trying to do, basically, that he's trying to make things uh, better for them and provide them with a decent christmas and there are like kind of certain scenes like where the lights don't work and and the kids come out and they kind of comfort him and they you know they basically say to him they, they know what he's trying to do basically but i think the best well one of the best other than chevy chase is randy quaid who he was obviously brilliant in this you know some of the best moments happen when he's on screen but also just kind of like the supporting cast like the grandparents they really kind of admirably hold up during all the antics um, they're all very individually solid uh, and for like kind of such kind of minor parts really you never really uh, get pulled out of the film you never really don't believe that you know they aren't playing the characters that they are you've got like kind of grumpy um, you've got like a, a dipsy one um, you know and then you've got kind of like a wise one and they've all kind of got different almost roles to play and they all do it very very well so I think you know overall they're for kind of such a unknown cast, shall we say, it all comes together uh, pretty nicely. Excellent. Thank you very much, Joel. Okay, Alex, so what Joel says, uh, it's got a great soundtrack. You know, I love a soundtrack. Um, and he says the supporting cast, as well as Chevy Chase, 
having a good heart, you know, he may be a bit of a dick, but he's got a good heart, his heart's in the right place. The supporting cast that back him up are on form. They, you know, they really bring some good to the table here. What do you say about that? Um, I would disagree. Uh, <coughs> like, so I would say, um, yeah, it does have a good soundtrack, but it's, it's a Christmas soundtrack. So lots of Christmas films have good soundtracks because it's, you know, I wouldn't say this one stands out in the Christmas films as having a great one. It's just some Christmas songs are great. And yeah, they've, they've picked a few good ones here, but... You know, I wouldn't say that, you know, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with the soundtrack, but I wouldn't say it really saves the film either. Uh, you know, Joel was talking about a few of the characters as well. Um, I think the wife's really just no, there's no personality to her at all, a bit like the kids. You know, the kids are wise, but they're not funny. There's no depth. You don't know about their lives. You don't see any of them friends. You don't see, so you don't, they don't really exist as actual people. And the wife is in it quite a lot, but she's just beautiful and supportive to the, to the point where you just, it stretches to disbelief. You know, she's, She's just a cardboard cutout of what you would imagine a wife, you know, you know she's, just, she's just not a person whatsoever. You don't believe she's an actual character with independent thoughts. She's just so insanely patient with Chevy Chase, you know, Clark throughout the film. It, it, you know, it's unbelievable. And, you know, the thing I'd massively, the thing that I just really disagree with is the idea of Clark being like a good character that's got like honourable motives. I just don't get this from this film at all. I think this is a real difference that me and joel have on this um you know like the, the idea that he's trying to have a great Christ- christmas isn't really established you know he seems to love christmas but it's not established why he wants to have a great christmas i'm literally we... just explaining it at the start of i know my but I, I, I know but i just i didn't get that from watching it at the start though you know when it's explained in the film yeah no i mean the video reel hey, calm comes... down guys come on <laughs> <laughs> it is a Christmas. Just, he's making me angry. I'm starting to understand why he's so angry now. <laughs> I've got a new calm Christmas persona. <clears throat> right. The video reel comes like quite a fair way in, right, when he's sat in the attic watching it. And, you know, when it's established that he likes, you know, he liked his Christmases growing up, the dad then gets a scene right at the end. And, you know, at the end, he just says, I did it. When he didn't do it, he messed it all up. It was all, it was all, so it, like that he's trying to give his family a great christmas and then he's also hallucinating about having an affair no that just ah, no it's one or the other it doesn't it doesn't work for me it doesn't gel whatsoever also then there's this bonus plot a lot of the thing going through it is that he's put money down on this pool and that he's he needs to get his bonus which is very hard to, for me to really give a shit about to be honest because he's clearly very wealthy and I find it hard to worry about them not being able to put in a swimming pool. I, do, I, that, I don't care about that, you know? It's not, the stakes aren't particularly high at any point in this film. And his job seems completely meaningless anyway. It seems like a joke job, you know? And that's, that seems another gag that they're going for. So when he finally, you know, at the end of a film, it's like, oh, it's all terrible. And then he gets his Christmas bonus. It just, that doesn't resonate with me whatsoever. There's no deeper meaning of Christmas. There's no real... There's no real affection there. It's just, oh, he's got some money. Aren't we all happy? There. You know, and it, it just seems very materialistic and just not, not, not a film for me whatsoever. Okay, thank you very much. That's pretty, pretty damning. So that, a lot of that was on uh, the character of Clark gav in many ways um it was on the supporting cast you know joel says you know they, they all put in a good shift whereas alex said there's no real depth to the character maybe that's not so much an assassination of the actors but more the way the characters are written uh help me out here gav the only thing that had depth in it was the swimming pool am i right <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so i will agree with joel that it was a really great soundtrack but also alex has got a point it's a christmas film christmas films do tend to have great soundtracks uh 
Also, uh, Joel, Joel's point about it being a great cast, I think is true. Um, as I said before, this is a continuation in a series of uh, National Lampoon vacation films. But I do think that Juliette Lewis and Johnny Galecki are probably the best kids. It's like a, a running joke that in each film, the kids are played by different actors. But I think this time around, they were the, the best, best two kids, I think, of all the series. Um, I do think that they had more personality and depth to their characters than in previous films. Um, and I think maybe Alex's point about um, Beverly D'Angelo having no depth to her character, I, I imagine that the writers were just kind of thinking, oh, well, we've already had two films previously to explore her character, so we don't need to go into it too much. But I will say that in those two previous films, she just plays the same thing, so Alex's point is pretty much still valid. Um, yeah, I, I can see uh, the juxtaposition that Alex is talking about, you know, about having a great Christmas, but also fantasizing about having an affair, um, I, I don't think it's played too much um, so that it, it would kind of... It's 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 not like it, that. that's a running track throughout the film. Although it is, isn't it, essentially? Because he does think about it like about three times. I've got to uh, say, though, I never watched it and thought he's fantasising about having an affair. I just thought he was fantasising about the woman. I never once thought in myself that he wants to leave his wife and his kids and go off with this woman. Yeah, and I think it's a bit of a jump to go from fantasizing about the woman because she's like in charge of a lingerie store she has like a top with cleavage on to go from that to he wants an affair with her like okay maybe he doesn't want to like actually go to the store and run away with her but considering that the pool the whole point of doing the pool is for the family then the, the fact that he's then hallucinate about her during that kind of muddies those waters a little bit for me well the whole family is there i think the actual scene she just walks up to the diving board in a swimming costume um and then like i think actually like a top comes down and there's like two headlights is that right no uh, that? i think that's one of the other films yeah. or is that is that dumb and dumb you're getting all your film yeah. fantasies too many up. fantasies going on here yeah, to be fair though in the previous um vacation films he does the exact same thing he does fantasize uh, about women uh, so that's a re- reoccurring thing that he is a lecherous old man um so so he's not he's not <laughs> a great character them. throughout the series yeah. essentially um, yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, I also agree that there's kind of no deep meaning of Christmas in a way that it's just like a load of chaotic events happen at the same time and then it's all okay at the end. It's like they try and go for this, um, it, it's a wonderful life feeling at the end, like, oh, well, we got the bonus after all and I'm not getting arrested. You know, it's, yeah, it, they're going for that, but it, it doesn't have the same feel as it's a wonderful life. Or I will have to say that Joel's point of it kind of, it's a Christmas film and it's just a bit of slapstick humour and it's not trying to be anything really meaningful and deep. Uh, You know, I think it's a valid point. Okay, thank you very much. So, um, I say we're on to closing arguments Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, closing arguments then, Jen. So we do we time these now? I've been away for a while. Oh, yes. Yes, Yes, we we do. do. (laughs) Right. Okay, so everybody... um, it depends on who's going first. They have a minute to do their closing arguments. Okay. So, who would like to go first? Alex, I will prosecute go away. I will easily come in within my minute here. Uh, it's a family comedy. The family values, when they appear, are at best muddled and at worst atrocious. So it's not a family comedy. It's not a comedy because it's not funny and it just doesn't have a good heart. Wow, is that it? Yeah. Wow. Okay, okay. That, that's prosecution. <laughs> wow. Uh, Joel, 
defend like like your I'm life defended on it as as alex started previously and say he's talking shit you know it, <laughs> it's it's full yeah, of, of, it's full of uh you know christmas feeling throughout the film whether you think his intentions are honorable or not at the heart of it he's just trying to have a family christmas and that's something that absolutely everybody can relate to and in fact to quote him he says when santa squeezes his fat white ass down the chimney tonight he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house and that is pretty much what the whole film is about i do love that line of <laughs> okay uh gav do you want to add anything uh before we before i retire to consider um yeah um chevy chase is a dick <laughs> <laughs> i wish people would stop saying this <laughs> And uh, I forgot to mention uh, William Hickey. He's, he's brilliant, isn't he? Uh, the uncle. Um, I'm pleased you said that, guy. I was waiting for someone to mention <laughs> William Hickey. Come on. I, I, oh, I, damn it. Right, I was right at the end and you had to fucking mention I, I just assumed that you were going to ask me to do the, um, the, the synopsis in his voice, to be fair. I've been, uh-huh. been practising by William <laughs> Hickey. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Uh, do the quiz. Do you want to read something out in the voice of William Hickey, guys? Do the quiz I, I, I was joking. I haven't actually been doing it. Um, <laughs> well, okay. I want to hear it now, guys. All right. Okay. So before you, can, uh, you, you do your consideration, we will... Um, do a nice quiz so what i've tried to do is because it is our christmas month i thought that we could try and do something a little bit different so if it's okay with everybody i'm gonna uh move away from the usual format of um true or false and instead (laughs) what we're gonna do is we're going to go for an old uh favorite quiz format the old blankety blank so I've given each of our gang seven words, oh, yeah. uh, which list from bummer, dock, sun, boobies, year, beaver, and booty call. And all I'm going to do is list out seven National Lampoon films with leaving a space, and they've just got to fill in the space in a quiz I call Wankety Wank. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we find out why it's called Wankety Wank later? Oh, because um, after after this film, after National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, all of the National Lampoon films kind of just start going down in quality. Oh, I would say it was right before National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've, got a, I've got a quiz song for this as well. Um, I'll do it in the voice of William Hickey. Okay. Quiz Pussy. <laughs> David Joel Ozzy. That's a fucking brilliant movie. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So without further hesitation, ladies and gentlemen, wankety wank. Uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay, so the first one. The Dictator's Blank. Right, everyone so, look so, at your list. So got yeah, yeah, everyone look at your list. The Dictator's Blank. Okay. Right. Uh, the second one is National Lampoon presents blank. Third one is Freshman blank. Fourth one is Disco blank from <laughs> Outer Space. <laughs> Number five, Robo blank. Number six, Endless blank. And number seven, Jake Blank. 
Right. I, feel, I feel like I've missed one there. <laughs> okay, right. So I'll go around in a circle, starting with your good self, Dave. Number one, the, di- the dictator's blank. Dave, what have you got? Son. Okay, Alex. Same as me. Joel. Yeah. Austin. I think I misheard the game. Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, everybody else is right. It is the dictator's son. Number two, National Lampoon presents blank. Dave. Booty call. Okay, Alex. Uh, I was gonna. I, I wasn't sure on this. Boobies. Okay. <laughs> I went booty call as well. I went booty call as well. Alex, you're right. It's National Lampoon presents <laughs> boobies. <laughs> okay, number three. Freshman blank. Yeah. Alex. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You're all right. It is freshman year. Number four, Disco Blank from Outer Space. See, now mine doesn't make sense. Disco Boobies from Outer Space. (laughs) (laughs) Alex? Uh, I was going to say Disco Doc from Outer Space. I got Disco Bummers. (laughs) Disco Bummer. Disco Bummer from Outer Space. No, no, sorry. It is Disco Beaver from Outer Space. Obviously. Uh, Obviously. Okay, number five, Dave, Robo Blank. Robo Doc. Okay, Alex? (laughs) Robo Bomber. <laughs> Joel? Robo Doc. Robo Son. Uh, okay, Joel and Dave, you're right. It is Robo Doc. Uh, number six, Endless Blank. <laughs> you see, this one didn't make sense. Endless Bomber. <laughs> Endless Booty Call. Endless Boobies, which, uh, <laughs> which is probably the best. It's probably what Clark Chris will think some of these And Austin. Boobies as well. Um, okay, Dave, you're actually right. Endless really? bummer. Yeah, endless <laughs> no way. Endless bummer. That was the one I had left over. I was like, it's, oh, I'm just going to have to go there. It's got a different meaning in and, America, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And number seven, last one on the list, Jake's blank. Oh. You see, I've got, I didn't hear Jake's, I heard Jake Beaver, but now it's Jake's Beaver and it doesn't make sense. It uh, kind of does. <laughs> but uh, Alex? Jake's Bootical. Okay. Yeah, I think I've got Bootical. And I've got Doc, but it doesn't make sense. Is yeah. it Sun? Alex and Joel are right. It is Jake's booty call. Oh. So well done, everybody. Wankity wank, wankity wank. No, no, no. <laughs> Somebody's going to have a good job editing all these. Austin. <sighs> I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up the quiz. That ra- Are we doing trivia this week? Are we, are we... Uh, no, no, we are not doing trivia this week. <laughs> Why are you always surprised that we ask you? We are, we are not doing trivia. Yeah, no, we're not. Okay. Dave, norm- you normally know some yeah. random yeah, trivia. Dave, you just jump in. Um, I, I actually don't know any random trivia for this one. Um, no, no. A little you, bit of, you start talking, I'll start looking. A little I've, bit uh, of a way of get, getting I've, to know me. I actually, until tonight, did not realise that the kid playing Rusty in this film I've been watching since I was a little kid yeah, is Bang. Leonard from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, no, I know I didn't Until that, Joel so. said the name Johnny Galecki, no, I had no idea. Me too. I watched it on Friday. <laughs> so that, that was a new one on me. I've, uh, I've quickly Googled anyway. So uh, the original ending uh-huh. uh, actually had the Griswolds hold uh, Roy Wally and his family hostage in the house. Oh, right. Yeah, but um, they then... That was the actual ending, wasn't it? No, no, he just he gets abducted by uh, Eddie. Eddie. Oh right, okay. Apparently oh, right. it was uh, it was they reckon here it was recreated as part of the ending to a different uh, film. Okay. They probably uh, thought it made Clark look more of a dick than he already did. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I've read 
trivia from the wrong film. Ozzy, <laughs> <laughs> you, you keep doing it. Have you done a Gattaca? <laughs> You've done a Gattaca. So this is trivia from a film called Vacation in 1983. Ah, ah yeah, that was the original, original one. So yeah. then they recreated it in this. Okay. Oh, so see. there's the trivia. There's the trivia. Yeah, round about trivia. Yeah, well done, Ozzy. Yeah. I could, I've actually got better trivia. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Um, so. John Candy was actually paid $1 million for his very brief appearance at the end of the movie. That's the same incorrect film. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so judgment time. Tis the reckoning. Now, I've been listening to your arguments. I've been thinking about this one. I'm going to fess up now and say that this is a film I've watched practically every Christmas since I was about five or six. Oh, shit. I have watched this a considerable number of times, but I understand what Gav was saying when he said, you know, you watch it as a kid and it's hilarious. You're right. The more, the older I've been getting, I've been watching this film, the less funny it seems to be getting. It, maybe I'm just getting too used to it. Maybe it's getting old or maybe the humor is a little dated. Maybe the humor is a little immature. I, I don't know. You're giving me something to think about there. I disagree about you saying that... You say Clark Griswold's a dick. Mm. Yeah, he kind of is. But I think it's a necessity for this film. I can't help but feel that, you know, seeing these mishaps happen to him, seeing his Christmas come apart at the seams, it wouldn't be half as funny if he was a genuinely lovable, likable, all-American hero kind of guy, you know. I think there's got to be an element of him being a bit of a bastard of a man. Otherwise, it wouldn't be as entertaining. You'd feel too sorry for him. You've got to be able to laugh at his misfortune. Mm. And I feel that's that's what works in this film's favour. It is a little dated, specifically the uh, the scene with the swimming pool, the way he's, uh, he's leching after the uh, the sales assistant. That is a bit dated now. I don't think you'd get that in any uh, mainstream comedies these days. I've got to say, the slapstick, I think, is quite, quite well done. A little repetitive. It's not the most thought through, but I think it's actually quite good. But <sighs> you're right. At the end of the day, this the comedy is getting stale. It is getting a bit old. And with regret, I'm going to put this on the shit list. <gasps> with, with a tinge of pain in my heart, I'm sorry. I'd, I think there's a fair point made that this has become quite stale. Ooh. Silence in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the start of Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, so well done, Alex. Thank you. So, uh, I think this is the part where we actually go around and find out people's genuine opinions about the film. Uh, Dave, I think you've been quite honest as the judge. Yeah, I've been honest, there it is. And I think I've pretty much been honest as the character witness. I mean, I I used to really like it when I was a kid. I still watch it regularly now, but it's not uh, the same. Um, Alex, what is your genuine opinion? I I mean, I I believed everything I said. I I did go in very hard, because I know that Dave... I would imagine this would be a film Dave would watch every Christmas, and I knew I'd have an uphill struggle here, so... uh, but no, I really didn't like it very you've, much. You've ruined this film no, for I me. Know. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I'll, I'll, like, please send that recording over to me, Ozzy, and I'll listen to it every year. Uh, so, just just, just oh, one, one quick thing about it is just that, um, like when Dave was saying about Chevy Chase, just, you know, that's his thing being a... I don't know, I feel like, you know, like Steve Martin. I was thinking a lot of Steve Martin in uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles when I was watching this film. And I feel like he brings across that, you know, bit of an uptight guy much better but with a little bit of more heart to it so i don't know I, I i think we just disagree on chevy chase basically i think is the is the thing don't doesn't everybody eh 
Right. So, Joel, uh, this must be a bit of a pill to swallow. This was your Christmas pick. How do you feel about it? I, I, no, it, you know, I, I'm sorry, like, Joel. It, it is. It is. It's a. It's a film that I do love, but I do agree that you know the more you watch it, especially at the age where I, like it's not as funny anymore. But I still think it is a great Christmas film. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Um, so, before we close off the show. Um, I think it's time for another caption contest. So, um, in keeping with tradition, I have taken a screenshot of the film and I've put it on Twitter and asked for some captions. Um, so, what I, uh, the scene was... Um, I can't actually remember which part of the scene it was, but it was it's uh, explosion has just happened. And Clark... Oh, no, it's not Clark. It's the uncle, isn't it? It's William Hickey. He's flying through the air. <laughs> so there's a giant explosion behind him, and he's flying through the air. And we've got a number of um, captions. So the first one here is Hellraiser 23, the Stogie Ignites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one is Uncle Lewis felt so awful, he ended up buying new porter potties for the park after his post-Catherine's turkey experience. <laughs> Uh, next one is who knew I could fly through fire more flesh for the pyre minions ascension is night <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last one is this is the last time I order a vindaloo <laughs> more flesh for more the pyre for the pyre, for the pyre yeah. Yeah. okay congratulations canned air podcast you well and yourselves a Freddo bar that's right <laughs> Win a Freddo bar, win a Freddo. If we have, <laughs> where's your head at? <laughs> if well we have any well listeners from really far away, can you please come in on the ca- caption contest? Because I really want Gav to do an overseas just, Freddo. Just bankrupt him through postage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, once again, everybody, if you have received a Freddo for being the best caption in a caption contest, can you please send us a picture of you enjoying your Freddo? <laughs> Just because. <laughs> just just for Gav. It would bring me so much joy. <laughs> anyway, so we are going to close it off now. and um, We have decided what film is going to be put on trial next week. And in keeping with the Christmas theme, it is going to be Alex's pick. Mm. And your pick is what, Alex? I've picked Trading Places. A uh, bit of a... I love that, to be honest, a little bit like Joel. I hope you're not judging it, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> bit of, a, bit of a, a Christmas classic. I have to say, since picking it, um, you know what Joel was just saying about it being a bit dated, there are a few moments maybe where it's a bit dated, but I'd be interested to uh, get into that when we're, when we're debating it next week. And we have picked the roles at random, and uh, Joel isn't going to be the judge, so you're, you've been let off there. Uh, so in the role of prosecutor, we've got Dave... Data, just say, Alex. Data. <laughs> also, Deno Melliot's in it. Uh, in the role of character witness, we've got Joel. And in the role of judge, we have, drum roll, please. Uh, oh, it's going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be my good self. I will be acting as a judge, uh, sort of, but the final verdict will be go to our special guest jury because that's right, everybody. We're having another jury special because uh, I thought, you know, we had such a good time last time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be some sort of a pause. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, we are having a joy special. We're going to be joined by some very special guests who will have the final say. So uh, it's not just uh, myself that you're going to have to convince, guys. It's going to be a panel of your peers. 
Um, so as I just close it off, I just want to say thank you very, very much to everybody who has tuned in. Um, honestly, we, we are very, very thrilled and we're so grateful for all the support that we've got from everyone. And uh, please do listen to our previous episodes and you can catch them all on our website, www.filmsontrial.co.uk. Please follow us on Twitter. <laughs> at film trials <laughs> now while you're on twitter why not give our graphic artist winston sang a follow at the underscore quirks he has been doing some stellar work recently and he may actually appear as a guest judge next week fingers crossed everyone also when you're on twitter why not give our um, bearded baldy sound engineer a follow <laughs> at aussie ray uh, you can catch us on Facebook as well. Dave, Captain Dave here has been working wonders on our Facebook page. Uh, so please do give it a follow. Go on Facebook and type in Films on Trial. I just want to say thank you very, very much, everybody, for listening. And we will be in your ears next week with Trading Places. Ho, ho, ho. Goodbye. Goodbye.